Well, good morning, Grace. It is great to be here. And I mean, I'm thrilled about being here. There's a lot happening today. It's good to be here now. Today, we're going to have some baptisms out in the courtyard during our little summer fest festival. I love when people want to brag about what Christ has done in their life. That's how we're going to start that time off. Today is my middle child, Carrie's birthday. She turns 28. And I've told her that, that this whole party is really a birthday party for her. So that'll be our story going forward. And then I've been released to let you know that my son Ryan and his wife Gail are expecting a baby girl in September. So yeah, Melinda and I are going to be grandparents and uh, Ryan and Gail were over at the house the other day and we were, found out you can pick your own grandparent name. And so three of us kind of worked on it while Melinda cringed, picked 37 different names for me. Here are the top five. I'm going to need you to vote for this. <clears throat> okay. Thinking, how about this one? Riggins, Texas forever, baby. Glock or Kimber, sold my Glock, now I have a Kimber. So Walker, Texas Rangers, is that too hard for a newborn? Dude, just dude. And then this one I like a lot, Lion-O, right? Thundercats, oh, all right. So what I need you to do is I need you to vote, go on social media, wherever that is, and vote because I'm gonna get custom driver, the license plates for that, and Melinda's getting like her forearms tattooed, sweetie. <laughs> and Walker, Texas Ranger right there so that everybody knows. So get back to me on that. Here's why I'm, here's why I'm thrilled to be here, okay? Because I wanna tell you about what's going on at our church for the next six months. The next 208 days are gonna define us. The next six months, and here's why. Because right now, the state of maybe the world, but certainly our area, we're in what's called a Kairos moment. Ancient Greeks had two words for time. There was chronos that we're pretty familiar with. That's chronological. It's the idea of sequential time. And then there was this other Greek word called kairos. And kairos was this idea of, of this, an opportunity for action. Here's a great definition. Conditions right to accomplish a crucial action, a decisive moment. I mean, it's a beautiful picture. The, the word comes from, you know, the etymology of this word is, is an archery turn where like you're trying to hit someone with an arrow and he's, and he's traveling on horseback through the forest and you've got to pick that moment between the trees, that very specific moment where you can let that go and hit your target. That moment is a Kairos moment and we're in that right now. In the context of our culture and what's going on, in, if, you're, if you're 50 years or below, this could be, in your lifetime, the greatest harvest like, for the gospel right here, right now. There are so many people right now open to supernatural in, like, interventions in their life. They are tired. Some people are seething. Many people are afraid. And, and this... <laughs> The idols, many idols in people's lives, especially in the West, have been torn down and people don't know where to go. Places of, of, of trust have been destroyed. I'm not suggesting that's a bad thing, but where do they turn? Where do they go? Even those who survived in the last whatever months, many of those people are not well. It's a Kairos moment. Kublai Khan, Genghis Khan's grandson, when he was the emperor of uh, the, the Far East, he asked the Vatican to send 200 priests to train his leadership, 
to know this thing called the gospel, uh, hear about Jesus Christ. The Pope sent two priests, and those priests gave up on their journey east. They missed their moment. They forgot their mission. It was lost. What would it be like today? Who knows? But today, let's talk about us. The next six months, from now until Christmas, according to God's sovereign plan, he placed you and me here now. We're in the right place at the right time. We need to do the right things. It's because it's a Kairos moment, we're doing a summer of giving, doing a summer of giving. All monies above our regular budget, we're sending places. We are looking for opportunities to, to obtain great uh, eternal returns on our investments. We have a, a team of people that are looking around saying, where do we invest eternally in all our monies from now through September? We're going to say, let's, let's send them places. We, look, we already gave this, this budget year ends July 1st for us, the way we do our accounting. We've already, our budget is $550,000 that we've already sent to various ministries around the country and around the city. Okay, that's our budget. But this year, above above budget, we've already given away $250,000. Most of those being local ministries at Grace Covenant, around Austin area from Grace Covenant Church. That is the largest above budget giving we have ever distributed in the history of our church. That's your fault. Yeah. So, and we're just getting started, okay? All right? So, all of our collections above budget, you give big to us, we'll give big around. We gave to Austin Disaster Relief Network. We'll continue. They have some big needs coming. We gave the Austin Police Department some of the needs that they have. How about this homeless crazy thing, right? People have spoken. Experiment's over. (laughs) Didn't work. What are we going to do? We're investing in uh, mobile loaves and fishes. I want to tell you about that. They have a community called Community First Village. The, the kind of their purpose statement is this. Listen carefully. How, housing will never solve homelessness, but community will. Housing will never solve homelessness, but community will. The reason, the primary reason for homelessness is not they don't have a place to stay. It's because they don't have a community to stay with. And so they have a 51-acre planned community where people are able to afford permanent housing and most importantly, get support and find a community of people to live life with. Grace Covenant Church, this week, congratulations, you're now homeowners. We bought two houses in Community First Village and we're gonna look at buying more. Yeah, it's a Kairos moment. So Grace, let's do this, let's do this. Like let's give big and so we can all give big and make the most of this moment. We're gonna continue to do that. Another thing that we're applying to a Kairos moment, a very rare situation in our lifetimes, is we're going we're to have a fall of serving. We're going to have a fall of serving. When the people are in our team that's looking around to give, we're looking at places to serve in here and out there. Our campus ministry needs to be fully operational in the fall. We're going to see more people visiting this fall than maybe ever. And we need to make sure all of our ministries are staffed, staffed by volunteers. And again, we're looking for ministries around Austin to get involved as well, probably emphasizing education because there's been such a lag in that over the last year. So here's the thing. Let's do that. Roll up your sleeves, free up your calendar. We're going to have a fall of serving. 
We've got giving. We've got serving. Here it is. Because of the Kairos moment, we don't want to miss this. God's sovereign plan in our lives. Outreach to make Yahweh famous. To make Yahweh famous. You know, one of my first, I think it was within the first two months of coming to this church as an employee. It was over 35 years ago. I was a student minister. And a father of one of the students took me to lunch and sat me down and said, you guys ought to go on a mission trip. I said, we should go on a mission trip. And he stopped me and said, now listen, you make sure those students do the ministry. They're not watching. They're doing. They're telling the stories. They're leading kids to Christ, right? I went, okay, sure. And then he plops down his Bible, turns it to 1 Peter chapter 2. We've looked at this over the last, the previous months. I'm just reminding you, this is powerful. It's just like, this is the first, this is my first exposure to Grace Covenant Church. You are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. And as a result, you can show others the goodness of God. For he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you had no identity as, as a people, now you are God's people. Once you received no mercy, now you have received God's mercy. I mean, if you have trusted your soul with Jesus Christ to pay the price of your sins and give him your, you, taking his honor from him, he took your shame, then listen, it says this, says this, you are a royal priest. You need to do priestly things. Whose job is it to carry, to hold, to, to pass out this heavenly message of the good news? Whose job is that? It's our job. The power of real change is in the gospel, and he's given us the power to distribute that. First month or two coming to Grace Covenant Church, here's what I learned as an employee. Every believer is a minister. That's the way we roll here. I'm just a pastor. You're the, you're the ministers. That's right. And we, like we have, I'm a player coach. I mean, I'm playing too. I'm doing the ministry. I'm, but as a pastor, our leadership here, we're, our job is to equip you to do the ministry. And like we have replaced Every expression, every symbol, every system of experiencing the presence of God, the church has. The church has replaced every system of experiencing God. There's no temple anymore. Why? Because our souls are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We don't have sacrifices anymore. Why? Every religion has sacrifices. We don't because our very lives are a living sacrifice. Priests, we are all priests, royal priests, and we're always on call. We are always looking for opportunities to make Yahweh famous. That's what happens in what we find out that we receive as becoming followers of Christ. We have, we have, we have been authorized by God himself. We have been delegated this, called by God to speak the, go the, the gospel, to love the good news, to tell people about the good news. I'm just a pastor. You guys are the right. So it's, 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 it's an honor. I'm trying to like feel, I hope you feel like the honor and the, and the gift of this priesthood to us as a holy nation in the context of this being a Kairos moment. Seize this moment. I mean, one reason, one reason the Lord saves us is so that we can do his work. Watch this, like 
First two sentences about salvation. Watch this. For it is by grace that you've been saved through faith. It's not of your own doing. It is a gift from God. It's not a result of works so that no one can boast. Says twice in two sentences right there. It just says, look, it's by grace that you've been saved. That's a simple explanation of what true Christianity is. It is by a gift. You have faith in that gift. Gift alone, you're a, you're, you're a believer. You're a convert. And then, look, what are you supposed to do with all that? Congratulations, you're part of the family. Now what do I do? Kind of wait around, I guess, huh? No, look at the next sentence. The very next sentence is, so we are his workmanship created for, in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand. He prepared beforehand that we should, we should walk in them. <laughs> for such a time as this, right now, before the beginning of time, God could, God, before the beginning of time, okay, this is kind of a funky thing, it's called middle knowledge, but he, he looked at every opportunity for your life about where to put you in the timeline of humanity, when, when to put you in there, and then where to put you on this, on this globe. And he chose, because it maximizes the potential for his glory, he chose to put you here now. What for? to do good works in Christ Jesus that he arranged before he even started the creation. And now it's a Kairos moment for us. And the fields are ripe. The fields are ripe. If you're new to grace, I don't talk like this every summer or every fall because not every summer and every fall is like this. This one's different. We've got to look at this for what it is. So, we're the ministers. We're the ones that are bringing the gospel. We're the priests. How do you do that? Man, I wish there was just some way that, uh, some kind of model of ministry out there. How do you be a minister? How are you to be a minister? What if there was a, like a system, a way of thinking that, first of all, involves having an, a respect for the sovereignty of God? And like, a, like that he is in charge and he's the one that's doing all the difficult things. And then what if there was something that was just simple and easy that works? It honors God in its style, but it also works. Well, I'll tell you about that model. Okay, we found it in, I think, the year 2000. Uh, there was a national ministry called, I think it's called Lighthouse Ministry. And we've been teaching this outline for the last 22 years now. Okay? And it's a, here's the reason I love it, because it's not a program. If it's a program, we'll do it in six weeks, and then we'll forget it, and we'll move on to our next program. Happens all the time. It is a way of life. It is a paradigm. It's how you look at the world. It's how you enter every building. Okay? Here it is. It's a rhyme. It doesn't mean it's trite. It's true. It's prayer, care, share. Let's all say that together. Ready? Prayer, care, it's an outline for life. It's a lifestyle. It's, you do this from now until you are lowered into the ground, you'll do well. Can I give you a good example of the, who uses this model? Jesus. Okay. So there. <laughs> Jesus did it. <laughs> right? If it's, it worked for him, he starts his day. Take prayer. I'm looking for opportunities, Lord. Let your spirit guide and direct me, Father. What am I supposed to do today? Prayer. I'm looking, praying. And then, then he's, he's going to care for people, and then he shares the gospel with them. 
The first part of this little, little rhyme here is prayer. I love it because it, it, it's, it starts by saying the gospel and spiritual change is a spiritual event. We got to delegate this to God. God, this is all yours. You're doing the powerful stuff. I'm just doing the easy stuff. The burden and the responsibility of this is not on me. It's like Kevin's sermon last week. If you haven't heard it, this is, this is like a two-part sermon. Go back to last week. He did a, a wonderful job illustrating how... Uh, Jonah didn't even want Nineveh to repent or have a revival. And you know what? Doesn't matter. It's not up to Jonah. It's God's sovereign plan. He's in Salvation belongs to the Lord. So I love how it starts with pray, pray. We got to get, God does the hard part. We got to listen in that prayer, but God does the hard stuff because you can lead a horse to water, but only God can make him thirsty. That's going to be up to him. Can I tell you how to pray? We'll spend the most time here. Let me tell you how to pray. When human beings, you and I, try to live independently of God, we've kind of looked at this in the past, but we have a way of, ten we have a tendency of, of, of gravitating towards trying to be like God ourselves or just trying to be like an animal. And when we try to do those things, we're not like the way we're meant to be, and those ways of living they are, they work for a while and then they blow up. And the pandemic, it's been awesome because the pandemic has been kind of like this global hold my beer moment for both of these types of, of, of independence of God, right? People's like, I'm in control, you know? I, with, with these hands, I built this business. I raised these children. I'm controlling everything. And the pandemic says, really? Hold my beer. How's that control working now? And then people that, you know, they just really like to forget all their troubles and forget all their cares and go have a drink. It's like the pandemic says, hold my beer. You need a lot more drinking because this isn't what it used to be. And that's why so many, like alcohol consumption is what, 25 to 35% up? Yeah. See how like it's this opportune mo moment here. So how do you pray? How do you pray for the people that go to that power-hungry control, makes everything has to be, you know, theirs and they're in charge? You pray that, that they would come to an end to themselves. That's what you, you let, you say, God, help them understand that all the worrying, all the smothering, maybe there's a reason why their temper is going off. Maybe that depression is an issue of control. Maybe their isolation and loneliness, because they're always right all the time, will be the thing that breaks them. Maybe in their quest to be like God, you could give them a taste of their frailty and their morality. I pray when people are the power people that are in control of things, I pray that God would bring them to their end. You pray like this. You say, God, how can I, how can I love this person without trying to protect them from consequences? How can I love this person without protecting them from their own choices? Sometimes, listen, the easiest way to pray for people is you go this, watch this. Hey, uh, is there any way I can pray for you? <laughs> Boom, maybe they'll just tell you. Sometimes, sometimes people, when they try to live independent from God, they just want to become like a beast. That, and here's the thing with that. The world has like everything we want, but not, not the things that we need. There's diminishing returns on temporal things. And so a great way to pray for people is that, you would, that God would bring them to the end of themselves. God, bring them to the end of themselves. 
Help them become bored with leisure. Help, Help them become restless with this pursuit of pleasure. For both groups, you can pray, Lord, bring silence in their life. Because if, they, if they're silent long enough, they might think about the way they're living. Pray this. God, how can I help them without protecting them from their own choices? How can I help them without protecting them from their consequences? Or if you don't know what to pray for them, try this. Hey, is there any way I can pray for you? I'd love to pray for you. Just like that. Pray, pray. I love prayer starting this because it is proof that you believe in the sovereign will of God that is effective in soul change. That's on him. I'm just going to do the easy stuff. Pray, now care. Now we care. How do you care? You, well, well, we'll do this throughout all the season. But you, you, like care, what's great about caring for people is it's both a means and an end. It's a means to maybe introducing them to a deeper relationship with you or a deeper relationship with the Lord. But it's also an end. Caring for people is a good thing because they're humans. And it's good to honor people in the image of God for no other reason than it's a good thing. But as a royal priest, when we serve other people, we are acting like priests. When we are sharing our, our, our wealth with other people, we are acting like a priest would act. When we are actually encouraging one another, that's mighty priestly of you. Look for opportunities to care. People are in a desperate place in this Kairos moment. We do prayer, we do, we do care, and then ultimately we do share. We just share with them about what's different in us. And I want you to, I'm trying to show you some things that we're doing at Grace to make that easy for your ministry. It has never been easier to share. Here's why. First like, step is ask your friends to join us online. I mean, one of the reasons we redid everything during the pandemic at Grace is what we realized was coming out of this, we're gonna keep broadcasting forever, maybe, I don't know, for a long time. <laughs> It's, it's easier for you to invite your neighbors to come to church without ever leaving their house because they could feel uncomfortable by coming to church. Like, hey, just watch online. It's okay. See what you do. Or maybe watch online with them. Have a watch online party separate and just watch together. Well, when we teach up here from this stage, we try to teach in a way that a real, honest, authentic seeker as well as a seminary professor, all with open hearts, are going to learn something and want to grow. Okay, so you ask them, you ask them to just come on, just watch online. Step two, invite them to church with you. Just bring them to church with you and sit down next to them. And or, or by the way, mops or re-engage or, or celebrate recovery. All of our ministries are open game. And here's the thing. We're going to continue to do Zoom, online, uh, mask optional, mask mandatory, And as long as we can do that and afford it, we're going to keep doing that because we want to make it as easy as possible for as many people to come and hear the gospel. This is your ministry. Whatever is makes it easy for you to win. Why do we do this? Look, look, because we're on mission. And the mission is more important than anything else, more important than my personal freedoms. Look what Paul says. He says, look, though I'm free and belong to no one, I've made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. Look what Paul's saying. Like, I can, 
within the boundaries of morality. I can do anything I want. No one tells me what to do. I'm going to live my own life. Here's what I'm going to choose. Here's what I'm going to do with my freedom. I'm going to freely choose to serve every single person I can for the gospel. He becomes a slave to the gospel. Look, what he, look how he applies it. To those under the law, I became those like one under the law. So to win those that are under the law. To those not having a law, I became like one not having a law. Why? To win those not having a law. To the weak, I became weak. Why? To win the weak. So we're going to keep all these things kind of up and running so we can all this. Look, look, just, I become all things to all people so that all possible means I might save some. I do all this for the sake of the gospel that I might share in its blessings. Boom. There's a, is there something we can do to make it easier for you to do ministry? We want to help you do that. Okay. Invite them online. Uh, invite them to a watch party, right? Invite them to church. Share your own story. Prayer care share. Share your story. Just tell them your story. And then um, if you want, like, tell, them, tell them the gospel itself. We'll, help, we'll train you to do that if you don't know to do that. Let me, sh- let me show you a video of someone. One of the, the ladies will be baptized this afternoon. Okay. Listen to how her story changes on a single invitation just to come to church. Go ahead and play that video. This is Renee Moreland. Hi, my name is Renee Moreland. Um, I was baptized as a Catholic uh, when I was an infant. Obviously, a baptism I didn't choose. Um, I was raised in a Catholic Irish family. As a teen, um, my parents gave me a golden um, necklace with a cross. And I wore it because I thought it was pretty and I was Catholic and I was proud of that. Um, But to be honest, there were a lot of bad decisions that I made wearing that cross that I'm not proud of. Um, And shortly after that, in my mid-twenties, I met my first Christian friend. And she was the one that introduced me to who God was. She at one point said, Renee, who do you think God is? And I don't know why she asked me that, but um, she obviously must have known that I was having, I was having struggles. Um, and I said, well, he's this hands-off, kind of distant God that is probably judging me, will one day probably condemn me. And she said, she told me, Renee, no, he is a loving, personal God that wants to know you and that wants to have a personal relationship with you. And he died for you on that cross. He saved you. And that was powerful. I wish it was, I wish it was something that changed my life right there. But um, even though I had that realization, um, and even though I read the Bible a little bit more and I, I found it to be a powerful truth, it wasn't something that lasted for me. Um, I still wanted to put God over here while I had most of the control in my life, which who am I kidding? Um, and then later, after raising three kids and a husband, we were still going to Mass, and my son told me that he didn't believe in God anymore. And at that point, I knew that we had to make a difference. We had to make a change. So we came to Grace Covenant Church because a coworker introduced me to the church. And from that point on, God changed everything. Um, I was able to confess a sin to my husband that was affecting our marriage, and he forgave me. Um, I've been able to talk about God to my parents, to my 
to my family, to, to my friends, my coworkers, my patients. Um, I love sharing the Word of God. I love sharing Him and what He's done to my life. And so I want to get baptized because this time I choose to be baptized. Even though this is unlike me to be out there in the public doing something like this, um, this is something I want to do. This is something I feel like there's a calling and I want to be obedient to that call. Isn't that a great story? Come watch Renee get baptized around 12, 10, 12, 15 in the courtyard before we start our festivities. Listen, look, here's the thing. Somebody understood they were a priest. Someone understood every believer's minister. They were a believer, therefore they're a ministry. Someone was part of a prayer, care, share worldview. And that's what happens. Now I want to talk to you about, like, where does this happen? Where does this happen? It happens, it happens there and it happens here. Okay, there is like your place of influence, your work, your school, you know, your hobbies, your locker rooms, those sorts of places. I'll tell you, here's a key. I'm going to tell you this. Moms, mothers, especially young mothers, you guys can connect during various playgroup situations. That seems to be one of the easiest venues of prayer care share. I want to talk today about like here on our campus. I want you to consider this. Here's the challenge. Prayer, care, share, be ministers on campus. When you drive up, when you sit down. Okay, church consultants have said that there's going to be more visitors going to churches from now through Christmas than have in many, many years. This is the Kairos moment. People are shifting around. They've moved around. They're looking for something eternal in their life. And so we're asking everyone to be a minister on campus when you come in. Like, I just want to deputize all right now. Why don't you just raise your right hand? If you follow Jesus Christ, you're a minister on campus. I do. I don't know. I'm making this up. Yeah. But the idea is like, I, I, I want you to be looking for, like when you come and sit down, look around. That's, that's your tribe. That's your prayer group. And I want you to see yourself as a minister there. If you could, when you see someone new, like prayer, care, share. And one of the things you could talk about is getting them to our Grace Connect card, okay? Uh, that really helps the staff know what to do, and we can distribute those to other people. That's a big help. Hey, how do you get involved? Go online, go to Grace Connect, and then check one of those boxes. Go out in the lobby, get that card. It's a Grace Connect card. That's a huge, that's a huge win for us, being able to help and care for people. But here's, here's what we're asking new. This is new to us. This will be fun. We're asking for people to join the Grace Ministry of First Impressions. The Grace Ministry of First Impressions. And what that's going to do is we're going to, once you tell us that you want to be part of that, we're looking for ways to get our contacts from either a church or someone calls in, hey, I have a neighbor that would love a little love. We're looking for people to care for their neighborhood in some way. You would be contacted, trained. It's a simple training. And then we're, you, basically you're going to ring someone's doorbell. We'll give you like maybe a Tiff's treat to bring to them, <laughs> right? You know, right? You're going to be a winner. We're not asking you to make a long-term friendship with these people. You could, but it's like you're going in there and you're saying, hi, I'm from Grace. Thought you'd like some cookies. Any way we can help you? Uh, we've been praying for you. If there's any way we could care for you, that'd be great. Maybe I could introduce you to someone that has kids your age. You're just starting the relationship. So here's the ask today. Would you like to join... Grace Covenants, 
ministry of first impressions. Here's how you do that. You go to Grace Covenant Church slash connect. There's the connect card right there. And then you scroll down where it says serve. Now there's a box that says, I want to be part of the Grace First Impressions team. We'll contact you later about what to do about that. But we would love someone to be in almost every neighborhood or region that we could call you and say, okay, here's your gift certificate, tips treat. You can go get them, bring them to that friend's house, introduce yourself, or just leave them on the porch. I wouldn't do that. Uh, and let them know you're, just, you're, part of, you're part of the solution. This is a big year for us. This is a Kairos moment. In 40 years, there has not been a more visible church. 50 years, there's not been a more visible church than this building. People know where we are. Oh, you're on the corner. You're the second prettiest building on that corner. Thanks, Porsche. <laughs> God, that's a beautiful building. That's such a beautiful building. Okay, I've got to give it to them, okay? So we're, we're across from the Porsche building. Yeah. Someone said, you know, uh, uh, choose earth or heaven. <laughs> And I'm standing right between the two of them going, mm. yeah. So, uh, 40 years. We're gonna we might possibly have the largest number of visitors in the history of our church. And here's what a man told me in the first two months I came here. How are, how are we going to be able to deal with that? All these visitors coming to Grace Covenant Church because we're so visible and people are so needy in this Kairos moment. How are the pastors going to be able to handle that? I'll tell you what I heard at lunch 37 years ago. Make sure the members are doing the ministry. Just like the Bible says. At Grace Covenant Church, every believer is a minister. It's our responsibility. And how do we do that? We pray, care, share. I want to, I'm going to, do I have time? I've got a real quick time. I'm going to tell you how we restructured the whole year for your ministry. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen in the next six months and what we're going to do on the stage in the next six months for your ministry. Okay. We're going to have four weeks of what's called, we'll call it Peter's progress. It's a biological, biographical look at Peter. Okay, we've, we've studied some of his book. We're going to study some of his book later. We're going to look at his biography in the summer. It makes it easy. Four easy weeks. You can come. And then second hour, you can go into the old auditorium starting next week and get in a small group and get connected that way. Or bring a friend to get in a small group and get, get, get connected that way. Okay, starts next week. We'll do Peter's Progress for a few weeks, four weeks. And then we'll have an outreach. This is put on this calendar on August 15th. All the summers leading up to August 15th, it's going to be old school Baptist, high attendance Sunday. Bring your friends. We're going to have like an Easter style message, no politics, no denominational stuff. It's just the gospel. And we're going to make it very clear. We don't get paid commission. We don't care where they go to as long as the Bible teaching church, but bring your friends to August 15th. After August 15th, we're going to have a seven-week highly application-driven series that no matter where you are in your life of Christ, you're going to learn a lot from that. After that, we're going to finish up on our first look at 1 Peter, that epistle we've been looking at. After that, we're going to have, oh, I'm sorry, after the seven-week, we're going to have a celebration of Celebrate Recovery. Fifteen years, I think, at Grace Covenant Church, and we're going to bring in a national speaker and have national comedians come and join us that night because we want you and all your friends to have an exposure to a ministry of, of recovery that so many people need to be part of. 
And then after the first Peter thing, then we're going to have Lent. We bought, Lent is, you go through, we have this devotional book, and we can all grow together, learning together the same things as we get ready for, the, uh, uh, for Christmas service. And uh, beautiful, we bought these books two years ago. <laughs> we bought, I think, 600 of them. And two years ago, it didn't work, and then last year, it didn't work. And so we're doing it this year, okay? We're doing it this year. So a great, so the point is, six months. June 1st to December 31st. This is the ministry that's out there. This is the tools that we're providing for you as ministers to set you up to win. Every believer, every believer is a minister. Prayer, care, share. If we can get 30% of grace to get involved in this full board, it would ignite this church. Surely, more than 30% of you want that, right? See the world. Turn out. Don't turn in on yourself. Turn out. Be part of something eternal. I'm telling you, these sorts of things come along every 70 years or so. This is a Kairos moment. Let's not send two priests that get lost along the way. Let's seize this day for the glory of God. Would you join me? Let's rock this town. Lord Jesus, I'd ask that we would see this for what it is and for all that it is, for your glory. I'd ask that you'd open our eyes, not just to the opportunity, but I'd ask that you'd open our eyes to who we are and the responsibility you've given us and how you've just given us the easy stuff that we might be thrilled to play our part in good works that you arranged before time. Father, I ask that you would let us be exposed to your sovereign plan and so that we could see the vast I get profundity of how we fit in this place at this time. Spirit, I'd ask that you would encourage us, that you would guide us and direct us, that we would live lives holy so we can hear your voice loudly, and we would do what we were called and designed to do from eternity past. Let us be your church. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.